if you're not taking time to really remember like who's the one who created and saved you, you're going to forget why you were created. And you're definitely going to forget that you're saved and that you need a savior every day and not just one day. What's up? What's up? Incredible and loved and valued humans. I am so thankful to welcome you to the Have You Heard podcast. My name is Emma Mae McDaniel and I am over the moon about our time together today because we are having Grace Valentine on the podcast. I'm going to get into all the things that she is that are all incredible, but I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about what it looks like to live a life in just total love with the Lord and not having to live in fear of what people think and how it is life-changing and brings about so much freedom. So friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Grace, I just want to take a hot second and acknowledge that you are so real, you are so honest, and I really believe that that brings about so much space for you to connect with people in such a powerful way. I'm so thankful for your boldness. I'm so thankful for your love for God. And I just want to acknowledge that you're incredibly fun to be with. And I've been looking forward to this conversation so much, friend. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation with you too, because I think you have embodied not caring what, what what people think and living boldly for Christ so well ever since you were a teenage girl. And so I think it's really rare that people were 16 and didn't really care what people thought. I'm sure you've had moments too where you care what people think, but I think you embodied yeah. the boldness of Christ really well. So I'm honored to be able to have this conversation with you, not just as a friend, but as someone I admire in ministry and everything. Well, so makes it even better. Thank you. Thank you. That's so encouraging. And we are... I feel like we've got even a deeper connection here because we're both Louisiana girls. I know. I, I'm always amazed by there's a lot of Louisiana girls running around these days. Like there was another yeah. someone named Ansley and she was like said she was from Side Out. I'm like, that was like twenty minutes from me. But yeah. We're <laughs> gumbo girlies. We're you gotta love it. Little girls, so <laughs> Yeah, so I feel I don't know, you pull on extra heartstrings as a friend, being from Louisiana, our southern LA. <laughs> I know. Good old Mardi Gras and all of that. So we have that in common. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that there's something so beautiful about like getting to have podcast interviews with people. And I find that conversations are drawn from experiences and like passions that the Lord puts on our heart and things that he walks us through and then burdens our heart to help other people walk through as well. And I've seen such a theme of you helping equip girls to walk in freedom and confidence in Christ and not be so burdened by what people think of them and not let their decisions be based on fear of what people are going to think. And so I want to ask, like, where is that burden coming from? Like, why is it that you write to girls and encourage them to not live from a place of fear of what people are thinking? Yeah, I think... I think just like a lot of us, when it comes to what you're passionate about, usually it's because of who you have been and like the brokenness you felt. And so the reason that I think that's passionate for me is because, I mean, well, even though I'm like 26 years old, I think no matter how old you get, you remember like middle school bullies, like completely. Like I think everyone can remember the person who said really mean things about them, who the mean girls who made them feel so excluded. And my middle school experience was very much that, that I was excluded 
I even had this like weird disease come on picture day where half my face went paralyzed for like four months. Like it was like everything that could make Stop, me stop. No way. Yeah, it was called Bell's palsy. It's like common more in like people who are pregnant. And like I got it in like eighth grade. It was just as miserable as it sounds. Um, but it was all good. Like God was definitely building character. You know, <laughs> maybe <laughs> way. They take out. You know, add some some cool plot lines in the story of Grace Valentine. But it's been great. Um, <laughs> And so for me, I was very much bullied very bad in middle school. Like the things people said about me, I still get very like, I don't even like to share what they said about me out loud because it was very hurtful things. And also it was their sin and I don't like to highlight that, but there were a lot of late nights of questioning my worth and wondering what I had to do to feel wanted and not ostracized and not made fun of. And I remember thinking, and I remember being a little eighth grade girl praying to God, like, God, if you just made me hot and popular, like, I will, like, go on fire for you, which that's not how prayer works. That's not how God works. Um, <laughs> but then I did everything in power in high school to almost flip, flip the script. And I went from being, like, very weird to being this tanning bed addict to, like, bleaching my hair, which I still bleach my hair, you know? I still love that bleach blonde <laughs> look. Um, I had an eating disorder. I would, I had the body, plus a lot of bikini pics. People would be like, what do you do? And I was like, this is my diet. Like, I just wasn't eating. Like, if I was really mean in high school, I'm like, I was probably hungry. Like, sorry for being mean, but um, or overly just not, not that I was necessarily mean, but overly just, like, not doing well in school sometimes, even though I used to be so much smarter. Like, just when you don't eat, you're just not your best self. And so that was very much my life. It's been, like, three hours in the gym. And in some ways, it works. Like, wow. I went from being the weird kid in middle school to senior year, class president, prom court, homecoming court. Still didn't have a lot of friends, but I think people start to realize that compared to other people, I was nice. I, but I was pretty at that point in their opinion. And I saw like how the tables turned. Like I got a boyfriend, like I, who was on the football team, but I was like mm -hmm. more broken than ever before. And it was almost frustrating to me because I was active in church and I like believed in Jesus. Like I do believe like when I accepted Jesus in eighth grade after all that bullying, like he never left my heart. But I had distanced myself because I thought, I had to do something to make myself more worthy, that it was all about me getting hotter, me getting a better bikini bod, me um, getting more popular, proving to all like the middle school bullies, the mean girls that like I was going to be successful. Um, and then going to church to be the, like the it girl, the good girl. Like it was this weird mm. image I was trying to bear. And then finally my senior year, I mean, I think God put on a heart for me to use words to connect to people for many reasons. One, I used to love Taylor Swift, and I was like, she relates. And I'm Come like, how on. How would it be if people did that in, like, a Jesus way? Like, you know, <laughs> 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 their breakup. <laughs> wow. Instead of, like, a great melody and bridge, you know? But I also remember senior year, I spoke at my high school graduation because I was class president, not because I was valedictorian. I had, like, a little viral moment. Um, obviously, it was a public school, so it was all secular. And then I remember being like, wow, that would be so cool if I could somehow do that for – you know, girls who feel as broken as I once was, but I know I'm still broken. Like, I was like, I know I'm missing something. And then I went to college and mm -hmm. it was weird because I had tried so hard to be the good, perfect, cool girl in South Louisiana, near New Orleans. And then for me, I went to Baylor and it was like culture shock a little. I was like, whoa, like, yeah, I'm the good girl. And when it comes to alcohol, that meant I only blocked out like once in high school. Like, you know, that meant I did everything but sex. Like, you know, I was like, but I'm the prude goody two shoes in South Louisiana. Like I was the girl next door. And now here at Baylor, I'm like the wild child. And so then I almost let what people thought of me in that setting also write my 
legacy as like oh people think I'm the party or people think I'm the the top sorority girl who goes to like the fraternity forum I was like that's who I'm gonna be now and there was a moment after honestly like blacking out like a lot of times in college but I remember vividly there was a party I woke up I had like an expensive uber home I was like I took this at $150 like where did I go like did I just loop around like and I kind of came to the point where I was like I'm so tired of this act. Like, I'm tired of trying to be this cool girl and who everyone wants to be in each setting, like, or this it girl in the setting because I wasn't having fun. Like, I think especially when people talk about drinking alcohol, like, you think that's so fun. And then every time I've been drunk, I don't have fun. Like, I, like, I don't know what people, maybe I'm missing something. I'm joking. Maybe I'm not missing something. Like, I wake up with a headache, cringy text. Like, I'm like, this is miserable. Like, why was I doing this again? And I got to a point where I was like, God, like, I need you to be in my everyday, not just this person I go to in the worst of it and not the person that will make me a good Christian girl, but I need him to be like someone in my life and in my heart. Um, And that is honestly the only way I stopped caring what people think. And like, obviously, I still have moments like Mm -hmm. everyone else. I'll be writing a book in the introduction. I'll be like, I want them to think I'm cool and relatable. And like, what do I have to do? Like, what story do I need to tell? Like, so that they're like, oh, she gets me. I want to drink a margarita with her. Like, you know, like that's like sometimes what I, and I'm like, no, that's not the point of this. Any of our callings is to ever be trying to be who someone else wants us to be, but it's to be who Christ wants us to be. And every time I've let him be the boldness inside me and not this desire to prove myself and not this desire to fit in or be cool or be hot, I've been like amazed by what he can do because suddenly when you're not so distracted by looking at everyone else's opinions on what you should be doing, you're able to see like the beautiful calling you have before you. Like you're not looking to the left and to the right at what so-and-so thinks or the gossip or looking back on like your middle school bullies. Like I used to do like got to prove, you know, Josh wrong from seventh grade. Like (laughs) I was able to actually not Josh, your husband, by the way. I know it made me laugh. (laughs) <laughs> like, he was not a bully. He was a good boy. Uh, but, <laughs> like, look forward and see what God has called me today. And so, I don't know. Do you relate to any of that, Emma? Like, is that something you've ever? Oh my goodness, with? yes. I I love listening to you. And also, I I just have to point out, I went on YouTube and um, like this was months ago before I knew we were going to get to be on a podcast together. But months ago, I watched your speech on graduation day oh, stop it. <laughs> and I was so impressed I thought that you did such an incredible job and I think it's just so cool to see that even in that place where you were at in your walk with the Lord the Lord was revealing to you like these are the gifts that I've given you grace like these are the passions that I put on your heart these are the things that I I have in store for you to bring glory to my name and to bless people, some who you may never even meet on this side of eternity. And just to see him working in that and to see you be so obedient to continue to say yes and allow him to show you who he made you to be. And now you're getting to help other people live out who he made them to be. It is just really beautiful. I I'm getting absolutely Grace, I loved your graduation speech. Not only because I thought you absolutely crushed it, but I was like, wow, what a testament of how gracious and patient God is. And also just like he was working in grace even then. And now see mm. where she is. Well, to think just about, really like, powerful. Was, well, every time I like look back on that moment, I'm like, I was so broken standing up there, but like God was revealing. It's like 
God will use, like, mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that a bad thing can be a good thing if it's a God thing. Like, me somehow ending up a senior class president because I feel like I tricked everyone to thinking I was cool, but I was more left out than ever. And doing this, like, thing, bringing, making people laugh, like, that was, like, what I love to do and I still love to do. But even in my deepest despair of standing up there 105, 110 pounds because I had done everything to be as hot as I could – like God was using that season to mold me. And just like you have those moments too. Everyone listening mm-hmm. to this has a moment that, wow, that was a hard season. Like, but now I can look back and realize that I would not be here if I didn't have that hard season. If I didn't let God carry me out of that, because some of us have to have those moments to wake us up and to see who God is and like, see that he's a savior. Like we have to be saved. And mm-hmm. to me, looking back on that, like 17 year old trying to do it all. Like, that's what I see. That's so good. That's so good because it's so seen in everything that you're doing. That it's coming from such a place of honesty. And I think going back to what I said, that's why it's so it's so powerful and it's easy to connect with you because like you said, everything everybody goes through things that are difficult and everybody is human. And so to hear you express just this is a part of being human, this is what I've walked through, it's like, oh, yeah, I felt yeah. that way. I mean, I really resonated with you saying like different things that people have spoken to you in the midst of bullying that was super, super hurtful. And there were certain nights that you were questioning who you were. And I, I remember certain nights where I would go to bed and I was like, my heart was so heavy. It was like, I knew what God said about me. I remember whenever bullying online really started going rampant and I was sitting in my bed and I was reading the comments, Mm. which was not the best. And thankfully my dad came in my room and he said, Emma, put your phone down. Stop reading the comments. Mm. Just stop reading them. And it became like this self-discipline of, wait, I know that what God says about me is true. And so for me to continually fill my mind with all of these things that people think of me that I know aren't, it's not beneficial. So I don't know. I just really resonated with you on those nights that it was like, huh, words are heavy. Words are powerful. Some words can really be hurtful. And in those moments when you, like what you said, whenever you know Jesus and you are walking with him and you actually believe that he is who he says he is and that you are who he says you are, it brings you to a place where you can walk in freedom even when people are saying everything that they're saying. Like you get to experience the authority of God's word, which is life-changing. It's absolutely life-changing. Something that I love about your your book, um, What Will They Think, is you address different women in the Bible. And I love how you kind of talk about like the reasoning behind why you decided to let your book be filled with different women from scripture. Can you go in a little bit about like what you used to think God thought of women and why you decided to dive into that a little bit and how your view of what God thought shifted? Well, first of all, I want to like reflect on something you said that like just stuck out to me about when you you know taking away the comments like I just don't give the comments any power like give the word of God power in those moments and even the coolest thing about God and I've told you this before like that's how I found you Emma before we've even met like the coolness of you were getting bullied online and I remember seeing it and I was like well I'm attracted to this girl as in like 
she has some joy about her and I couldn't understand really what it was. I'll be honest, but I followed you after that. I was, and so your worst moment and the lowest moment you have, like God is so good that he can take Mm -hmm. people's own sin and have his glory come about of it and that it can then impact other people. Um, just when you, when you respond to someone's sin with grace and love and not sin also, like that is so important. So for anyone out there, maybe dealing with bullying, maybe struggling with someone's sin and feeling like a friend betrayed you, like don't respond to their sin with sin, like respond with grace because that's going to change the world. Like that's going to show Jesus light if you do that, like Emma did. But, um, yeah, so I wrote on woman of the Bible. And I think the reason is because even when I was like doing that graduation speech, I'm going to be like, I really enjoyed that. That'd be so cool to do that for Jesus. But like, there's no woman who do that. Like, that's so cool. There must be another dream. Maybe I'll be a lawyer and I'll be Elle Woods. Like, you know, Grace, I love you. <laughs> but that's literally what was going through my head. I was like, blah, <laughs> like, <pink. laughs> this must be one calling for me. Um, but Anyways, so I very much was like, that'd be so cool to do, but there's no woman. And then I kind of thought they had to be this cookie cutter Christian, that a woman of God had to kind of be more of the silent, like chill, cool, overall wearing, like camp counselor. And I was a camp counselor, but had this aesthetic that just was not me. I was like a sorority girl, like pink, loved, you know, bleach my hair still. Like, I was like, this isn't me. I'm just, I look like this other type of girl. And then it felt like women were just these sidekicks to men. And I used to think in scripture, like, that's what it was. And there was even once a girl who DM'd me. And the whole idea for this book came from a direct message from a girl who said, hey, I like your stuff. I like what you write. But, like, I just hate that God hates women. And I was like, that is wow. so, why does she think that God hates women? But I realized if I thought that women were afterthoughts in scripture, that they, like, they weren't thought about when God wrote the Bible, that their stories didn't matter when God wrote the Bible, then I essentially was believing that God hates women. And maybe it starts with thinking, oh, women are afterthoughts in scripture, or scripture puts women down. But if you believe that lie, then you're still going to believe the lie that God hates women. Um, and so then I just this was like a self-discovery like after working at a church and it was a great experience in a lot of ways but like also I always felt like a sidekick to a man like I felt like I shared an idea they're like that's horrible and man said it they're like that's great like you know I was like okay like so then I was like let me look at the woman in the bible and I saw women who weren't perfect they were messy but Mm -hmm. God totally equipped them God called them in the middle of their mess to meet their maker and to meet their savior and to live for him. And there were even women that I just had never heard about until I started really rummaging through scripture and studying them and not just reading it quickly and passing on until I really reflected on who they were, like Deborah leading a war. Like Deborah was in a time where people not only trusted her for like her kindness, but they trusted her wisdom. Like she would sit under a tree and she was a judge and people would go to meet her to have her in disagreements. And I was like, how cool that she was this person that men and women would came to for guidance. And then we see that she led an army in the middle of a war, like, which is so crazy. Think about like, that is a, like a baddie of a woman. Like she's <laughs> in charge. Like, she was doing big things. Like, so if anyone feels called to politics, that's what Deborah was. You know, there was even Hagar who was hurt by people who God also loved and God was working through Sarah and Hagar's very hurt by her someone ran away and God bet in the middle of it all when she was running away and she called God the God who sees me like she's the one who named God that and I think that in itself is beautiful like all the times we've run away and we think God's not going to pursue us Mm -hmm. maybe 
he'll pursue a pastor to then get to us. Like, no, like God pursues our hearts as women too. And there are so many other women in the Bible, like the fact that the last at the tomb and the first that or the last at the feet of Jesus and the first at the empty tomb were two women. Um, that itself is beautiful. And the fact that Mary Magdalene yeah. was someone who had a really horrible past that I really related to her when I was going through my party phase. And like, I had those moments where I felt so disgusting based on choices that I had made. But Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out of her and seven meant complete. Yet Jesus said, okay, now walk with me. And she walked with Jesus for a majority of his life and as mm -hmm. like a savior. And so I think when I started to see these women, I saw women that Jesus and God both saw, like in a time when people didn't want to even educate women or believe women had power, like scripture still included them. Scripture still showed their stories. Like, are there more men mentioned in the Bible? Maybe. But at the end of the day, these women have such powerful stories that we as women should reflect on them so that we can see that we have a God who sees us, a God who calls us, a God who equips us, and a God who wants a, the bold us and not this version of ourselves where we're trying to please other people. Because I think society tells women you need to be this like baddie, like as in the world version of that, that you have to kind of prove yourself, get hotter, skinnier, like those are the things I always heard from society and in the church mm -hmm. sometimes not all churches I want to be clear when I say that there are so many great churches but it feels like the toxic Christian culture which isn't really Christian can tell us that women are supposed to be in the background that we're sidekicks that we let God like guys do the thing and we just make bread which making bread is so fun but like we like, <laughs> think that's all that matters but the truth is we have a God who wants to use us he we're not the same as men and that's not something to be like down about. It's something to celebrate because we have a unique creator who uses each of our roles in such a great way. But we have the power to do these bold things for the gospel and not just the power, yeah. we have the opportunity. And it comes from who Christ is and not from who we are. And if we don't get distracted by what society or the toxic Christian culture says about women, then we are going to do those things for the gospel. Friend, that's so good. I love too how you just address two different groups. The group who, the group of girls who believe that they are small and insignificant, the group who thinks that they were an afterthought, that they don't matter as much, that they may not have an important calling because because they're a lady. And to them, I I want to just reiterate what Grace just said so beautifully that you are called by God, you matter to God. I love how David Platt says that you are a part of God's goal, and that is to exalt and enjoy His glory. You were made for that, to exalt God's glory and enjoy God's glory. And so just be encouraged to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have received because you have received a calling. And also, I love that you address the person, the girl who thinks that she has to be a girl boss and be in charge of her own destiny and be the hero and manifest it all to that girl. I want you to know, I think it's, where is it? It's in Job. I think it's Job 23, but I need to you check me on that. But in Job, he literally says that it is God who lays out my destiny. Mm -hmm. And you see all throughout scripture that it's God's plan that will prevail. It's God's plans that cannot be thwarted. It is God who ordained every day of my life in his book before a single one of them came to be. And so I want to encourage you that there is so much freedom and empowerment that comes from depending on the God who's given you your calling, depending on the God who has laid out the most incredible life for you, better 
a better life than what you could ever lay out for yourself. And so the fact that you just, I feel like you just spoke grace to two different groups of women and they're in almost opposite places, but also the same in a way because they don't see how God so beautifully made them and that he, like they were made to submit to him as their Lord and we were made to surrender to him as our God and trust him as a good father and a faithful shepherd. And to hear that, I'm I'm just so encouraged. I'm encouraged that I matter to God and I'm encouraged that the best life I could ever live is a life of trusting him. So thank you for addressing. And I, I loved you highlighting the girl boss because I'm such like an independent girl. Like I love the idea of like doing big things for God. But I'm a firm believer if you don't know who your big God is and that he's in charge and that like you said with Joe, but he's the one who maps out our destiny and our plan. Like it has nothing to do with anything you do. Like you are given tools and gifts that God can use for his glory. And like, you should, you should use them. You should wake up and go to work. You should go on that run. Like, like train for the half marathon. But if you believe it's because of who you are, then you're missing out on doing the actual cool adventurous things that come from a life Mm -hmm. of Christ. And that is something that I think is so easy to get distracted by. Like you accept Jesus Christ, you believe in it, but then you start thinking it's, I have to do more. Um, and it's all about my productivity and that is my purpose and pr- productivity and my to-do list. But if you're not taking time to really remember, like who's the one who created and saved you, you're going to forget why you were created. And you're definitely going to forget that you're saved and that you need a savior every day and not just one mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Yes. And something that I, wow, I'm so encouraged right now. Something that I loved that you said too just scattered all throughout your story was from a place of fearing what people thought of you and trying to prove yourself to people and trying to make sure that people saw you in a certain way. It, and I can say this, that like when I'm fearing what people think of me, I do the exact same thing, but it sounded like the only thing that you could look at was yourself. Mm. The only thing that you could look at was How did you look? How were you coming across? How did you sound? How, what position were you in? Who's really, like, what was your relationship status? All of these different things. And it really points to the reality that we may think that we're so focused on other people whenever we say we're afraid of what people think, but it actually causes us to be so self-focused would you say that like that's how you made you it made you feel because it's me I've noticed that in myself too and I think you think it's not pride because you think you're putting other people's opinions ahead of you but it is pride in thinking that you are in charge or you are the one that is it's so important for you to get beautiful whatever and I also think especially as women we try so hard to fit this mold and to be seen not by our fruit, but by our resume, by our looks, by all those things. But, like, they say they'll know you are Christians by your love. Like, why do I spend so much time walking to a room hoping girls look at me and thinking, oh, she's so pretty, her outfit's so trendy, oh, she's so successful, oh, she's a great mom, oh, she's a great, like, even, like, oh, she's a great friend. Like, you spend so much time doing that, but that's not going to change anyone's heart for the gospel. Like, no one is going to leave that room better because you looked great. Like, that's, <laughs> we care so much about that because of our own pride. Like, we want that. So then we're not even caring about things that change this world. Uh, we're just so focused on changing ourselves to please this world and to be seen in, like, a spotlight in this world. But when you realize, if I want to live this life that is of love, that bears fruit, and not 
people's jealousy, then maybe it's not about me. Maybe it's about being kind, being inclusive, like asking them questions about what they're going through and not making them see everything I've done. And it's, it's dying to yourself a little bit. It's saying, I don't care if people leave this room and know how great I am, but I want them to know how loved they are. And when you do that though, when I've had moments when I'm like, this is my goal is to make everyone at this like Christmas party where I don't know that many people feel loved and heard, then I end up leaving a lot more like fulfilled. I leave oh, I so a lot relate. more great than when I spend three hours worrying about my outfit, take a cool Instagram pic at the party and then speed off and don't even know anyone's name. Yep. It's crazy how refreshing it is to refresh other people. I love that you talked about how we will be known as followers of Jesus by our love because I love in 1 Corinthians 13, it literally says love is not self-seeking. Mm. So I can't be just totally loving on people while at the same time being totally consumed with what people are thinking of me. It's, they can't really go hand in hand. That's so beautiful. Grace, before before we sign off, what would be as okay, people who are listening need to know this. Grace writes the most incredible mini books ever, ever, Aww. ever. And you have to go read them, okay? But I would love if you were to write a mini book for the girl who is afraid of what people are thinking of her. Just a little yeah. snippet of that. What would you say? Well, first I would I always like to in my little mini books like like relate as in I've been there. So I would first tell any girl who is struggling right now as they listen to this with care what people think of you. I get it. It makes sense why you care what people think of you. We live in a world where there's a lot of loud voices, where people are always telling you to be more, do more, be less, be like seen as less, but do a little bit of this, get good grades, prove your parents that you're doing good, like do all the things, but also look good doing it. Like I get why you struggle to care what people think of you because that's loud. But my question to you is, have you sat in silence and let God be God and let God speak? Have you been still and let him be God? And then I would talk to you about how Deborah, someone, a woman in the Bible, she was so focused on discerning God's will that we don't know if people questioned in the scripture if she should go to war. We don't know if people questioned her judgment when she was underneath the palm tree giving advice. Like all she talked about was how she was so discerning what God wanted and she even sang songs about it with other mm -hmm. people and I think that's a beautiful metaphor for us as women to see like you know what I want to be this warrior for Christ who's so focused on his discernment that I can't even hear the loud voices anymore and so for anyone who's going through that it makes sense why in this loud world you'd feel that way but mm -hmm. have you almost like Emma turning off that phone giving it to her dad at that moment like have you like try to drown out the voices and actually bowed your head and prayed and write in a journal a prayer to God because a lot of times once you start doing that it's a lot easier to discern God's voice and that becomes louder when you give God a chance to speak and you're able to go off on a war for Christ not a bad war not like a war against your middle school bullies but like uh, <laughs> a war for God's glory and so that's what I would say that's incredible Grace thank you thank you so much what would you say Emma can I ask you that if you could do a little mini yes. for girls Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm so honored. I feel like we're interviewing each other and that's my favorite. I, know, I love that. I love the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if I were to encourage the girl who is afraid of what people are thinking of her, I the first thing that comes to my mind is I would encourage you to go to the Word of God because mm. 
2 Timothy 3.16 says that the word of God is inspired by him and it's breathed by him. And it has been made profitable for four things, it says, but two things I want to hone in on for teaching and for correcting. And so when I think about correcting, it's like if I'm believing that I am what the enemy says I am, that I am my thoughts, that I am what all of these different comments are saying of me, then I am operating out of something that's not God's word. And so when I go to God's word, he corrects me. He points it out. He's like, no, Emma, that's not of me. And then when I go to his word, he also teaches me. He teaches me what he says of me. And so my encouragement to you would be, do you know what God says about you? Because I remember going through bullying and and I still I still have people comment mean things, but I'm able to walk in an authority that's bigger than me because I know what he says about me. And so I can share that it is the most one of the most powerful things that you will ever do. And also, I want to encourage you to have have somebody in your life like have the power of community is huge. But have people in your life who know you and love you and love God and are walking alongside you so that you can have honest conversations with like you can be vulnerable and be held accountable like, hey, I am operating out of just being so self-focused. I'm so afraid of what people are thinking of me and you can have people come alongside you and pray for you and hold you accountable and remind you of what's true when it's easy to forget. So those would be the two things I I would share in addition to what Grace said, for sure. Mm -hmm. And and I I love that you said the community thing because it's so true of, there's going to be people who are operating out of sin and trying to bring you down, but why would you allow, if you're not going to take their advice, why would you take their criticism? You know, they probably don't believe in God. Probably. They aren't acting out of relationship with God when they say mean comment or when they talk about you behind your back. And so why would we allow their criticism, which is even criticism is their sin to be something we allow to affect our mood and our heart when we wouldn't even take their advice. And I think that's something that's a secular Mm -hmm. thought, but important for also girls to hear that you would never take that person's advice. Like (laughs) why would you allow them to ruin your day? Because they said this about you. Like you would never trust them to be your guidance of your five-year plan. And if they're not <laughs> living a life that you're, you know, you see joy in, because who, whoever's hobby is talking about people behind their back or writing mean comments, then if that's their hobby, that is not a joyful hobby. Like, that would bring people down. And so don't take their advice and don't take their criticism. Wow. Grace, I am very encouraged by you, and I am so excited for people to hear this because I really believe it's going to bring so much encouragement and I think challenge in a good direction. Like, it'll be a good kind of challenge. Um, I am putting the link below in the description for all of you lovely folks because you have to go get What Will They Think by Miss Grace Valentine. It is so good. The heart of this conversation is in that book, and it goes even deeper into our conversation in there and so also all the many books and all of the incredible things the places that that grace goes she goes and speaks at college campuses with sororities and all of the things um we're gonna put the links there so that you can just be in touch with her ministry and what she's doing because it's incredible grace thank you so much for being on the podcast i love you friend thank you i love you i'm thankful for your friendship that's for sure Me too. (laughs) Bye, guys. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Bye.